Yeah, you were the only one I shared that pickle picture with, though. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure that's with anybody else. I, I mean, mean AJ fair. saw it, obviously, but yeah. he was in the car with me. I was like, I don't want anybody else to think I'm a hoe of pickles. <laughs> Which I am. I love a pickle. I know, sweetheart. I didn't expect it to be that big. I like the, um, I found them on a road trip, but it was like, like those big crunchy like bag pickles mm-hmm. but it was slices of those kind of pickles in a bag and i really liked that they have them at wawa just because they're it was so convenient hey i like that blanket thanks i like it too i wonder wonder where that came from i wouldn't know half of the outfit i was wearing yesterday you got me for my birthday so <laughs> i'm a good birthday giver yeah i was so wearing I, I was wearing the bows and the crop top and then I ended up having to take the bows out because it was so windy mm-hmm. that it just kept throwing them around and then, like, pulling on my hair. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is not comfortable at all. Was Journey jealous of the shirt, as you suspected? Yes. Mm. <laughs> and then I sent her the link and she was like, I want all of these things. And I was like, yeah, I get it. So, yes, I've been having a weird, wonky fucking week. With a lot of highs and lows. Mostly lows. <laughs> except for except for I did have a big pickle. And you did send me inappropriate pictures of I you did. eating that big pickle. I did. I feel like that's a good place to start the episode. Welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss The Strange and Unusual. This is episode 58 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Casey. And I'm Roya. And today we'll be taking a brief look at The Strange and Unusual in Denmark. So, for future episodes, I feel like this would be a good place to talk about the things we're doing. Like, you know, the cool poll we have going on that they won't be able to vote in now that we're, now that this is airing. But, you know, like that sort of thing. (laughs) Just for future reference. Yeah. I mean, we will have another vote probably in on the next five episodes. Yeah. But still. Oh, man. CST has their new, uh, or has their Baphomet statue back in stock. I was eyeballing that. I was like, that's $100 I'm not going to spend. But man, I wish I could. (laughs) It's just like a mini one of the Baphomet with the little kids. Yeah. I love it. Chef's kiss. (laughs) <laughs> also also big news i've i've been watching the top five beatdown. uh-huh i started eating the special k with red berries it's so good shane Maday, you know your cereals yeah yeah i like the special k with red berries i wouldn't put it in my top five probably but it is good i don't know that i would either but i've been trying to eat uh less sugary cereals because i was doing the whole well you know it's the end of my day it's like dessert <laughs> yeah, it's allowed. But uh I'm gonna try the special K with raspberries next time. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yep, that's next on my list. What's going on with you? Tell me about uh, current events. <laughs> Big steppies. Well, I'm gonna yeah, I mean I almost bought some super wide leg jeans at Torrid. Like and... the big trousery types? No. Or like, like the flares. 
like the Jinkos. Like, oh, hot they're, damn. They're kind of like flares because they like fit to my thigh, but then at the knee, like they just like became a tube. <laughs> and uh, I, I really liked them, but I just like it was one of those, you know, I didn't really feel like I needed to spend the money on them. Mm hmm. And Since especially just because three giant pairs of shoes. Well, but like that was what Elise <laughs> and Luna were trying to sell me on them with was like, you They'll know, you just bought those platforms. Shoes. Yeah. And I... <laughs> You're going to look like a like a plus size Spice Girl. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, I know this is a podcast, but like this is like my Lolita shoes. Yeah, I don't know. Not for me. <laughs> look, They're really, really no, easy to walk in. You say that. You should have seen me in Williamsburg on Friday or Saturday. I was walking in flats and I rolled my ankle. I'm a great dancer, but don't ask me to walk on flat ground ever. <laughs> mm, yeah, was... I'm very excited to get mine in. I'm excited for you in a way where I'm like, I totally don't get it, but I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how you'll probably feel when I start talking about my story today. I normally like your story. So what are you talking about today? I'm going to tell you about the uh, the bog bodies of Denmark. Gross. Yep. Be prepared for some uh, well-preserved bodies in the Instagram photo. <laughs> Put in a trigger warning picture first and then... Sensitive content. Speaking of, I probably should say, uh, there's a lot of talk about like uh, torture and you know, sacrificial oh, good. things. So, F1. not a lot of talk, but it's mentioned, and I go into some graphic detail about their bodies. So, how about yeah. you? Tell- <laughs> uh, I'm talking about a uh, Dragsholm castle, and I am also briefly talking about torture. <laughs> oh, wee-woo, wee-woo. It's that kind of episode, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, whose wee-woo is going to be worse? Uh, probably- Who's got the worst wee-woo? <laughs> That's the episode title. <laughs> All right, uh, probably yours, honestly. Like, mine is very brief. Okay, cool. It's just like, this guy was shitty and something shitty happened to him. Moving on. All right, well, let's get right into it then. Okay, leave that in. <laughs> Squish ball. Squish ball. Whatever. Uh, Did you not ever have a couch ball? Yeah, in like the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't put that in the chat the other day when we were talking about 90s toys. Oh, I didn't see the talk we about 90s toys. We had a long chat about I said, you know those little mitts with the Velcro and you like caught the tennis ball of the opposite Velcro on them? Uh-huh. I, I talked about those. I you loved those. Creepy crawlers. The sky dancers. Oh, yeah. I, re- I caught the like when you guys were talking about the Easy Bake Oven. Hell yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I commented on there and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, every like poor human adult that came in the vicinity of me and my Easy Bake Oven had yep. to eat the terrible food that I made them. Yep. I remember and that sometimes the dog, if it didn't have chocolate in it. Yep. <laughs> I anyway. was probably the reason that dog was diabetic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's the episode title. <laughs> I was the reason that dog was diabetic. That dog named Candy. Oh, Jesus. That's a (laughs) little on the nose. After that, uh, Mom said she would never name another dog after something sweet. Yep. 
And then we had a bad string of, like, every dog we adopted or, like, brought in from the shelter had a sweet name. Like, Roxy's original name was Honey. One of the uh, permanent fosters that they had was named, like, Peaches. And so, like, all of the dog's names had to change because <laughs> mom was just like, nope. Oh. Bad juju. <laughs> On May 6th in 1950... Some Danish peat harvesters were digging around in the bog, you know, doing what they do. Um, Unfortunately, in their dig, they discovered a body of what looked like was a recent victim of a murder. Uh Being the responsible gentlemen that they were, they phoned the police. The police, however, were unable to detain any suspects as the murderers and the victim had been dead for over 2,000 years. Wow. Now, before I get into the victim of this crime, it's time for a few seconds of science. Okay, I need you to make that a permanent fixture. That's my my Bailey Syrian. Shut up, shut (laughs) (laughs) That's our new intro. Okay, so according to the National Geographic, Bogs are freshwater wetlands, typically found in cool northern climates. The largest wetland is actually a series of bogs in Siberia, covering more than 386,000 square miles. Wow. That's a lot of, that's a lot of space. That's a lot of square miles. That's a lot of square miles. Uh, bogs take several hundred to thousands of years to develop. Generally, they consist of a spongy ground made from peat, which is a partially carbonized vegetable tissue formed by partial decomposition in water of various plants. One such plant are mosses of the genus Saphnum, uh, which is able to hold up to 100 times its weight in water. And it was actually used during World War II to pack wounds. Uh, for, you know, like you're bleeding out, they pack it with this uh, moss that can absorb all of the blood. Yeah. Uh, The plants grow out over the lake's edge and eventually cover the surface. There are many types of bogs. A blanket bog or a featherbed bog forms when there is a high rainfall and low evaporation. So it's named because of the blanketing of the ground with a variable depth of the peat. Cataract bogs are more rare and form around permanent streams of fresh water. Uh, normally bogs are like stagnant water. They don't get a lot of motion. So it's uh, a, a rare bog. <laughs> There's a quaking bog, which bounces underfoot as you walk across it. I think I've seen those. That's the one that looks like you see people like jumping on them or whatever. Yep. And you like can pop them like a blister. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Raised bogs have a center of decaying matter in the center, which gives it a sort of dome shape. String bogs are varied, but boast low-lying islands that interrupt the saturation of the bog. And then there are valley bogs, which form in valleys. I was like, on plateaus. (laughs) (laughs) Plants decay slowly in bogs because of the flooding. Uh, It prevents a... uh, flow of oxygen, like I was mentioning, uh, from the atmosphere. So it leaves the bog lacking both oxygen and nutrients and creates a highly acidic environment, which eventually turns the material, uh, like the vegetable material, into peat. It, like, makes a sludge. Um, And the bacteria can't survive because it's an acidic anaerobic environment, which means that decomposition is basically non-existent. But plants aren't the only thing that decays slowly in a bog. People do, too. That's the lead up. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
The oldest known bog body is a gentleman by the name of the Kolbjerg individual. (laughs) I mean, I guess good on them for being gender neutral. Ah, we'll get there. (laughs) He was discovered in Funen near Kolbjerg uh, in Denmark, uh, May of 1941, when a skull and a number of human limbs were found. When the museum inspectors came to the site, it was said that the skull, along with two other bones, had been found about two and a half meters deep, but the majority of the bones had been found deeper in, around three to three and a half meters deep, and about eight meters east of the originally found body parts. Um, The general consensus is that the skull and scattered skeletal remains belong to the same individual, based on the fact that there are no duplicated bones. Uh, All the bones have the same coloring and the similar state of preservation they indicate information on the person's age of death which is between 25 and 30 years old from the same dig where the skull was discovered they also found an axe yeah as studies persisted for these remains uh in 1943 researchers determined that the skeleton uh was about one and a half to 1.6 meters tall this is about like five one and the skull appears to have a rather coarse, almost masculine feature, uh, but the limbs and pelvic bones were distinctly feminine. Huh. Official radiocarbon dating, uh, C14 analysis of the right femur, traces the remains to about 8,500 BC. Wow. Yeah. I ca fucking rumba, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> In 2015, a tooth was taken from the remains and DNA extracted for testing. Turns out, the DNA was shown to belong to a biological male. According to the Danish Journal of Archaeology, quote, it is difficult to infer cranial sexual demorphism in past populations due to both sample size limitation and the often poor state of preservation of ancient skeletal remains. Not only did they discover the body's sex, but they were also able to determine that he likely grew up and lived around the same area where he was found. Uh, So it wasn't like he had, you know, when they do the testing to see where a person has traveled. Yeah. This was not one of those people. (laughs) This guy was here the whole time. There were no signs of uh, identifiable disease or malnutrition on the bones and the preservation of the original full set of teeth also had no signs of tooth decay, which is fucking bizarre to me. Yeah. Uh, Based on samples from the bones, the man was likely eating a diet of plants and land-based animals with little to no seafood. Next up on the interesting bog bodies of Denmark are the three Boromus bodies found in Himmerland. Boromose one, or the Boromos man, was found in 1946. He was found beneath half a meter of peat under a layer of sticks thought to keep the body from resurfacing in shallow, shallow? <laughs> in shallow I wish this was recorded. The video was recorded on this because the face you just made was just... I got real confused. <laughs> you can see it on your face. <laughs> It was like a child learning their first word. (laughs) Mama? However, just to ruin the fun we're we're having, some others speculate that these sticks were used to keep somebody down so that they would drown. So that's fun. (laughs) 
He was found naked, but had two sheepskin coats and a woven cap nearby. He was also estimated to be about five foot one inches tall. Uh, carbon dating suggests that he lived and died around 700 BC. He was found with a rope around his neck, tied in a slipknot. So it's assumed he died via strangulation, though uh, there were also some dramatic injuries to the back of the skull and the right femur had been broken. Wow. The intestines were still intact. A sample of his, quote, bowel contents, a.k.a. poop, was extracted and analyzed. His diet, hours prior to his death, consisted of seeds and fruits. There were also some species of grass, some animal hairs, and sand that scientists speculated were eaten accidentally. So, like, you know, drop a piece of apple on the ground, pick it up and eat it anyway. Yeah. Sort of thing, I guess. There's also some suggestion that uh, the bog plants in the bowel sample, which were, uh, it, it was basically either water used from the bog for cooking and drinking, or that some was forced into the intestines after death. Uh, there was a second body found in 1947, about a kilometer away from the first, and scientists speculate this body belonged to a woman, but the decom. Uh, the decomposition of the particular body made it hard for them to confirm. And I'll get into that in a minute because bones are generally a pretty good way to indicate if someone is male or female. Yeah. Uh, but not here. It said that the skull was fractured with brain tissue preserved and visible. A leather cord with an amber bead and bronze plate were around the neck. The bones of the right leg were broken below the knee. And the bones of an infant were discovered nearby. Good. The bottom half of the body was clothed in a twill cloak and a fringed shawl. Uh, and those articles of clothing's, clothing's, clothing can still be seen at the National Museum of Denmark today. Carbon dating played, uh, placed the time period for this person to about 400 BC. Unfortunately, because of the heightened state of decay, forensic analysis of this particular body was less successful. And a third body was found. The Boromos Three, or the Boromos Woman, uh, was found in 1948, 400 meters south of the Boromos Man. She was found face down, wrapped in wool. Uh, the scalp and hair on one side of the head had been separated. However, this was considered to be damage caused by the shovels of the diggers, not necessarily something that happened uh, 700 years ago. Uh, the skull had sustained significant damage with crushed facial bones, and was previously believed to be the cause of death, uh, though the neck of the body was not well enough preserved to rule out hanging or strangulation. Re-examination of the skull determined that the damage to the scalp had happened post-mortem, and that the damage to the skull was actually caused by the demineralization of the bones and the pressure from the weight of the peat on her face. She was carbon dated to about 770 BC, and she was suspected to be between 25 and 30 years of age when she died. The Grobal Man was found on April 26th in 1952, near Grobal in Jutland. Sorry, Denmark, I'm destroying your language. <laughs> oh, I will be too, don't worry. One local accidentally stepped on his head after he was discovered. Oh, Big face palm there, I'm sure. Oh, nuts, I stepped on his head. <laughs> he wasn't A sentence found. I hope I never have to say. <laughs> There's another sentence you'll hope you never have to say later that I have to say, and it's upsetting. Um, he wasn't found with any kinds of artifacts or clothing, uh, but the state of his skin was mostly intact, except for the clear indicator of his cause of death. His throat was cut, 
from ear to ear and severed both the trachea and esophagus. Wow. This would have been difficult, if not impossible, to self-inflict, so suicide is generally ruled out. There were signs of fractures to the skull, later attributed to, again, the pressure of the peat postmortem. And he was also around 30 years old at his time of death uh, in the early German Iron Age, somewhere around the 3rd century BC. As I mentioned, much of his flesh was intact, though discolored from the chemical makeup of the bog. Uh, every time every time I think about it, I just go, tenons. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good movie. Uh, his hands were smooth, indicating he didn't have like a laborious job like farming. He he lived a, a gentle boy life. <laughs> Soft. Soft boy. Uh, his teeth indicated that he had suffered periods of malnutrition or starvation as a child. However, it is also believed that he had dark hair, although the aesthetic conditions of the bog alter this as well. And uh, these bog bodies, their hair becomes like a reddish tone. This one's going to be fun for me to say. The Haraldsker woman was discovered in 1835 in Jutland uh, in the Haraldsker estate. Uh, it was also the Gunnelsmus or Gunnhildsbog. The body was discovered lying supine in the bog. Uh, her body had to be uncovered from the branches holding her down. Uh, remember how I was talking about the wooden sticks keeping people from... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. From floating up or whatever. Or to keep them or down keep so they drown. Yeah. That's going to be important here in a minute. Um, the wooden stakes and branches were still firmly driven into the peat surface below the body with stakes over both the knee joints and elbow joints. There were large branches across the chest and lower abdomen firmly in place with stakes at each end. Somebody didn't want her to move. She was naked, but had a leather cape and garments made of wool that were folded neatly on top of her, and it was actually the antiquity of the clothes that made the farmers who discovered her realize she was not a recent murder victim. Yeah. Uh, Her skin was entirely intact and well-preserved, but as previous bodies indicated, discolored from the tannins in the bog. Every organ was intact. She was estimated to have died at the age of 50, which, pretty good, compared to the rest of the people on this list. And for the time period... Her stomach contents were analyzed, revealing that she had recently eaten some unhusked millet and blackberries. Her I neck- love me some unhusked millet. I know, right? Her neck was marked from bruising, indicating that a rope may have been used for strangulation or torture. Scientists have deduced that she was likely the victim of human sacrifice due to the nudity, the neatness of the folded clothes, and the fact that cremation was the preferred method of internment at that time in Denmark. Uh... And especially for the area she was in. I should have mentioned this earlier, by the way. Uh, archaeologists believe that bogs were used for or by these ancient peoples for religious ceremonies like sacrifices. And one of the um, theories is that a lot of Europe is forested, but then you get to these bog areas and trees can't live there. And so these are just like these expanses of open air and it's like a direct sight up to the gods sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh also, there was a theory that she was the legendary Norwegian queen Gunhild, who lived around the uh, year 1000 AD. The legend from the sagas state that she was killed, drowned in a bog, at the order of the Danish king Harald Bluetooth, which I just think is so funny that his last name is Bluetooth. So remember how I said drowning? You know, that would be important? Uh-huh. Now is when that's important. 
They find bog water in her lungs. <laughs> I mean, yes, she's been in there for a really long time. Because of this belief that King Frederick VI of Denmark had an elaborate sarcophagus made to house the body when she was discovered. Radiocarbon dating, however, done in the 19th, uh, 1977, uh, revealed that this woman had died around 500 BC and was far too old to be Queen Gunhild. Nevertheless, she is still honored, laying in state at St. Nikolai Church in Valia with the rest of the royalty. Cool. So that's pretty sweet. Lastly, I will talk about arguably the most famous bog mummy, the Toland Man. So I started the this episode or this section that the body was so well preserved that brothers Vigo and Emil Hoyegard uh, thought that he was a modern murder victim. The local authorities, however, <coughs> understood that the brothers had found a bog body, and this was not evidently the first bog body rodeo for the village of Toland. <laughs> So the police contacted the Silkeborg Museum, and the Tolan Man was placed in the museum. Uh, he was found buried under about two and a half meters of peat. He was arranged in the fetal position. He had a pointed cap made out of sheepskin and wool, and a belt. And that was it. Other than that, he was naked. Oh, except for the noose around his neck. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just a minor <laughs> detail. His hair, uh, which was incredibly well-preserved, was cropped short, and he even had some stubble on his chin and upper lip still. I feel like the more you're describing this, the more confident I am that I've seen this body. Probably. He looks like a little happy sleeping man. Uh, I'll, send you a f- I'll send you a photo. Um, so x-ray shows that his skull were undamaged. Skull was undamaged. His heart, lungs, and liver were all well-preserved, and the rope had marked his neck. The cervical vertebrae, however, which are normally damaged during the hanging, uh, were in great shape. The hyoid bone was also still intact, in- indicating that he was also not strangled. Huh. They had to do a, uh, like, they had to look at the radiographs to find out that his tongue was distended, which is the indicator of hanging. And because of the nature of his death, the position of his body, and the fact that his eyes and mouth were closed, scholars deduce that he was a human sacrifice, not a criminal execution. His stomach contents were examined and showed that he had a last meal of porridge or gruel. That's an unfortunate last meal. It was made with at least 40 different kinds of seeds, but were primarily flax, false flax, barley, and not grass. The stage of digestion uh, concluded that he had eaten 12 to 24 hours prior to his death. The well-preserved feet and right thumb were preserved in formalin, and in 1976, Danish police took a fingerprint analysis of the disembodied thumb, making the Toland man have uh, his thumbprint is the oldest print on record. Carbon dating placed the Toland man's death to about 375 to 210 BC, the pre-Roman Iron Age, and he was about 30 years old. Um, Currently, he lives in a glass case in the Silkeborg Museum. In Denmark, more than 500 bog bodies and skeletal remains dating to the Iron Age have been recovered, which is pretty amazing considering the acidic nature of the bog often dissolves the calcium phosphate in the bones, so you end up with just like these skin suits with no skeletons. Unfortunately, due to the nature of industrialized peat harvesting, these ancient bodies are generally found, i.e. destroyed, by farming equipment. They just that's unfortunate there's a dude's head that was actually um i think it was one of the british ones they uh 
they were going through the peat that was harvested and they thought they had a deflated football. Oh. It was not a deflated football. Uh, but the story doesn't end there. Guess what else is discovered in bogs? Just guess. Animals. Well, yeah, sure. But what else? Uh, ruins. Butter. Butter. In Ireland in 2016, a 22 pound ball of bog butter was found buried 12 <laughs> feet underground. They claimed it was still edible, but not advisable. I wonder why. <laughs> so there's like all these questions. Was it an offering to the gods? Was it to keep the butter from going rancid? When I was looking into this, I even found that Mike Chen did a video about this in like 20, <laughs> 20, 2016 when he did his news show with Dan Chen. Uh-huh. And yeah, people like talking about bog butter. Stephen Colbert talked about it. <laughs> Popular thing. So everybody go out to your local grocery store and get you a pound of bog butter. I feel like we need the disclaimers. <laughs> hey, now do try this at home. You, you might, might die, die if you <laughs> do this at home. Don't eat bog butter, kids. Or do. We're not your moms. But we uh, we also sang the disclaimer song, so don't come for us. <laughs> Tell me about this castle. All right. So I'm going to be talking about Dragsholm Castle today. And we're going to start off with a little bit of history about it. Okay. So Dragsholm Castle or Dragsholm Slot was originally named for the fact that it's built on a drag. Ah. Or an area of land that was narrow enough to drag a ship across rather than take the extra time to go around by the Vikings. Mm. So uh, there was also a building constructed there, so drags home. In 1215, the Bishop of Rocks... Ro- oh my god. Roskillide. I've been doing my best, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Had the structure built as a secular building initially. During the Middle Ages, it was modified from the original palace into a fortified castle and was the only castle in that area that successfully withstood armies during the Count's feud between 1534 to 1536. In 1536, <coughs> in 1536, Dragsholm was confiscated by the crown. Shut up, virus protection was confiscated by the crown along with all other property that the Catholic Church owned. So this was during the Reformation, uh, the Catholic uh, Catholicism becoming illegal in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, from then to 1664, the castle was used as a prison for nobles and clergymen. Uh, some prison cells had toilets and windows, and some were not as nice, oh. depending on the prisoner's crimes. Um, and some of the most notable prisoners were uh, Joachim Ronau. He was the former owner of the castle and the last Catholic bishop in the area. Um, and due to the Catholic Church being outlawed, he was imprisoned there. He was one of many religious leaders who was who were imprisoned there during the Reformation. There was also um, Edgler Brockenhus, known as the Mad Squire. Um, though there is some belief that he was not actually crazy until he had been locked up in the dungeon for a while. That does that to you. And he was a former confident, confidant of the king. Okay. And then there was James Hepburn, the fourth Earl of Bothwell and third husband of Mary, Queen of Scots. Aha. Uh-huh. So 
he may or may not have been a trash human. As we've talked about multiple times on the podcast, it's kind of hard to separate fact from fiction when it comes to situations this old, even well-known situations in history. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do know is that he was adulterous, he had been divorced, he was bankrupt, and he had, most importantly, um, been engaged to a woman in Denmark who he stole the dowry of and left. That's important later. Wow, that's ballsy. Um, he also was thought to have murdered Mary, Queen of Scots' second husband in order to marry her. Huh. In order to marry Mary. So basically what happened, for a quick overview, was that Mary's second husband died, and then Bothwell stopped her on the road to Edinburgh, saying that danger awaited her there. The story diverges here a little bit, though. Some say that Bothwell then kidnapped Mary and raped her in order to secure his marriage to her, which is super fucked up. Yep. But there is also some belief that Mary was in on this and had arranged for Bothwell to murder her husband so that they could be together. Though I did find some more modern belief that uh, her the idea of her arranging for the murder of her husband with Bothwell may have just been a rumor by her opposers to vilify her further. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, Bothwell was... Uh, Bothwell being the one who was alleged to have killed Mary's second husband, Lord Darnley, caused a rift in the country. This came to a head at the Battle of Carberry Hill. Oh my god, there's a cat scratching on the door. I went in. Uh, So Bothwell lost, and he fled like a little bitch. Mm -hmm. Um, He was then on a ship trying to find somewhere to flee to when a bad storm forced them to land in Denmark. He didn't have the proper identification to be there. And after his uh, former fiance came forward and said, hey, he stole a bunch of money from me. And then the king of Denmark at the time got word that he was wanted for murder in England. And then on top of that, that Mary had dissolved her marriage with him. He was fair game. Yep. He said he didn't have the proper identification, and in my head I was like, you don't need to see his identification. <laughs> <laughs> so he was detained in Dragsholm in some particularly awful conditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was kept chained to a pillar that was half his height so that he could never stand upright and given only enough food and water to sustain life. Oh, lovely. Reportedly, he went insane during his 10 years in this situation and would pace in circles around the pillar. That pillar is also still in Dragsholm Castle, and there is actually a groove worn into the floor around it from where he shuffled. Oh, I don't like that. He also, he died in 1578. Also, fun fact, he was interred in a vault. And then when the vault was opened in more recent years, they found what he believed, what they believed to be his body completely mummified. Interesting. Uh, then in the Dano-Swedish War of 1658 to 1660, uh, the Swedish king tried to blow up the castle. Mm-hmm. It kind of worked, but it wasn't completely destroyed. It was more left in ruins. The king then gave the castle to a nobleman and grocer named Heinrich Mueller. 
And in 1694... Hey, I just blew up this castle. It's yours now. <laughs> yeah, please take these rocks. I don't want them. Uh, in 1694, he sold the castle... He sold it to Frederick Christian Adler. He, he sold the rocks to somebody else? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's still a fair amount of the structure. It just wasn't livable anymore. No. And so the um, Heinrich and Frederick began working on restoring the castle to the more Baroque style that is seen in today. And the Adler, the house remained, or the castle remained in the Adler family until 1932. Hmm. So from 1694 to 1932, this property belonged to the family, which is crazy for how many hands it traded in just a hundred years that it stayed in this family for almost 300. Yeah. Um, So in 1937, the castle was then bought by J.F. Bodiger, and it remains under the management of that family to this day. There have been some renovations, obviously, and repairs made, but the architecture is still pretty much the same as it was from the 1600s. The interior is a little bit more influenced by the Romantic period because there was a lot of renovations that had to happen um, during the First World War, and so uh, because damages to mm. the building. But so some of the interior is a little bit more new, and now all of it has been renovated um, since then. So it still has the same bones, but all the modern amenities. And it still has a pillar? Yeah, it's still there. To torture people with? As far as I know, it's still there. That's cool. So why am I telling you all of this? I assume it's fucking haunted. Because there's some belief that aliens helped in the building of the structure. <gasps> what? No fucking way. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God. As ancient I was, aliens I was has so taught excited. us, <laughs> as ancient aliens has taught us, only brown people need help from aliens, right? White people <laughs> never need help from aliens. I don't watch enough ancient aliens to know that that's true, but I totally believe you. <laughs> Thousand percent. They it's never helped like- the Vikings. Yeah, it's always like Latin America, Egypt, Africa. They're always the ones with the aliens. Mm, maybe it's because the aliens trust them more. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they knew. <laughs> maybe they knew something we didn't know. Um, so I'm talking about this place because shit be haunted, yo. Yeah. From, from descriptions of the castle today, there have been over a hundred ghosts attributed to the building, including poltergeists and shadow people. Ah. However, here are the most notable. So, first off is obviously Bothwell, Mm. the husband of Mary, Queen of Scots. He is mainly heard in the courtyard of the building where people have reported hearing horse hooves running and often see a fully loaded carriage with him in the driver's seat. The strange part about hearing horse hooves is there haven't been horses at Dragsholm Castle for like a century or more. Um, There is also some belief that he either may be trying to escape the castle or riding toward it to make it pay for the cruelty shown to him. Okay, that that checks out. Yeah. Then there's um, Edgler Brockenhus, which is the Mad Squire. Mm -hmm. He reportedly haunts the corridors around his former cell, where you will just hear incomprehensible ramblings in your ears. In Dutch, I assume. Probably. Unless you're going with the, like... Ghosts speak all languages. Angle, I'm not. I don't do that. <laughs> but like, can you just uh, like 
hearing anybody, like, you're alone in this hallway, you're staying here, or whatever, and there's just, like, someone just mumbling nothing into your ear. <laughs> there's no one there. I don't speak Dutch or Danish um, you, or whatever you're speaking. The former bishop um, that was held there is also said to haunt the second floor where his cell is thought to be, uh, filling the halls with moans and wails. Then, of course, where would a haunted building be without its ladies? Like most old haunted structures, Dragsholm has its own white lady, but also has a gray lady. Ooh, like Gandalf. <laughs> Let's talk about the gray lady first. Okay. So the story goes that she was a servant in the castle that complained to the master of the castle of a tremendous toothache. To her surprise, the master provided some medicine to help ease her pain, which it did. But unfortunately, the tooth was too far gone and became infected, and she died as a result of Sepsis is a bitch. However, her spirit remains in the castle, doing good deeds and trying to be helpful. She is like Gandalf. (laughs) Psychics that have contacted her say that she is happy, and that she is trying to repay the master of the castle for his kindness and effort he took to help her, even though he didn't have to actually help her. I mean, he- he did. That like being a dick if you didn't help. <laughs> so then of course, the white lady. So the story of this one is one that I've honestly heard over and over again in haunted house stories and haunted building stories. Mm-hmm. A young woman, the daughter of the former owners of this castle, though it's hazy as to which owner of the castle, was betrothed to marry a nobleman. But I don't love him, Papa. I imagine her saying to her father. In she Dutch. was she was in love with another. A simple commoner who worked at Drag's home castle. Her father found out about this relationship though, because, you know, even in a castle this big, it would be kind of hard to hide something like that from your parents. She and her father came to a compromise. She would be allowed to continue seeing this boy until her wedding. This Didn't go how he expected, though. I'm not sure what he expected, because his daughter discovers that she was Pregante. Aha! Her father was furious and imprisoned her by sealing her into a wall and leaving her to die. Yikes! And now there are reports of a ghostly lady in white walking through the halls and crying for her lover, desperate to find him. Her story gets a little darker, though. Because while I've heard this tale many times in haunted stories, they normally don't find anything to corroborate that this actually happened. Oh, dear. Well, in Dragsholm Castle, (laughs) they did. In the 1930s, while they were updating the castle's plumbing, some workers pulled down a wall and found a full skeleton of a young woman. Was she wearing, like, a fancy dress? I couldn't find anything about what she (sighs) was wearing. What are you wearing? <laughs> That's me. That's me as the psychic going into the... <laughs> now, if you want to go and try to experience yourself, uh, experience the spirits for yourself, sorry, uh, Dragsholm Castle is open to the public. Uh, and there is slash was a hotel there. I found some information saying that the hotel part had closed and others saying that it was still open. Hmm. So I'm not sure the dates on the articles I was reading, which came first, the open or the closed. Um, but there are also restaurants and a store or two. I suspect one is a gift shop. I love a that little you shop. Can enjoy. Um, and even if you're not there for the ghosts, 
even though in my sleepy state I wrote goats. Um, it is a truly beautiful building with a long rich history and the grounds around the building are really pretty too. It's like surrounded by meadows of flowers. It's like a really pretty building. <laughs> and the interior is really nice too. So if you ever are in Denmark and you want to go to a haunted place that at least is, you know, cool to explore and not like run down ruins situation somewhere a little bit more uh, with some more modern amenities, Dragsholm Castle might be the place to go. I was reading a lot saying that it's a really good day trip from Copenhagen, too. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, a bad person. Uh-huh. They don't speak Dutch in Denmark. They speak Danish. Dutch is, yeah. uh, the Netherlands. My bad, Denmark. <laughs> it started with a D, and I'm a dumb American. <laughs> you know what else starts with D? Dumb American. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, hey, did you like that picture of the Tolland man? I didn't look at it because I was in the middle of my story. Oh, it said that you hearted it. Maybe I did that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. He's a He looks like a happy, sleepy boy. Yeah. He's like, like oh. it just. he almost looks like a bronze statue. He's like, I'm having a nice little dreamy dream <laughs> about women and goats. Well, thank you for joining us today as we explored the strange and unusual in Denmark. Be sure to tune in next week because we are going to be doing a Patreon-chosen theme of unsolved crimes. We hope that you will reach out to us with your own experiences. We want your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending a story, we just ask that you put listener story in the subject line so we can sort through those a little more easily. Have you ever had any bog butter? Have you ever been to Dragsholm Castle? We want to know. Uh, yeah. You can reach out to us. Thanks. <laughs> uh, you find Great us work. on Instagram at Strange Unusual. I'm sorry. Nope, I'm going to just start over. That was not great. It's Muppet time. You can also find us on Instagram at Strange underscore Unusual underscore podcast or on our personal accounts, Roya Rampage and Calamity Casey, where we post the weird shit in our personal lives. You can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roya Rampage. We're on Facebook. Just search for the Strange Unusual podcast. We're also now streaming, so you can find us both on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Calamity Casey and twitch.tv slash Roya Rampage. If you'd like, you can also join us over on Patreon. We sort of mentioned this earlier. We're doing um, polls. We're doing uh, extra content, uh, extra episodes. Um, we'd hope to like start doing some community stuff soon uh watch parties and things like that so head on over there if you can if not we totally understand if you're not able to give us financial support right now things are still shitty uh so we just ask that you uh like review rate subscribe those sorts of things um and just let us know how we're doing and share us with your friends if they're interested in this sort of weird ghost dead body content yep. you know Oh, so this is uh, this, a uh, Patreon thing. Is it unsolved crimes? It has to be a crime? Unsolved crimes slash cold cases. Okay. So I got something I want to talk about, but it's not necessarily a crime. It's just weird. And nobody knows. You can always do a Patreon episode about it. I could, but it will fit if it's not. It doesn't have to be a crime. If it can be like a missing persons, I'm okay. Yeah. Which is technically a case if it's a missing persons. Yes. Oh, man. No, I just got excited. I know. <laughs> well, anyway. Bye. With that, 
<laughs> Adios, muchachos. Every remember. once in a while, every once in a while, I still think about that time when we finished the episode, and before we did the outro, I just said bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stopping the recording. <laughs>